forever. Dog. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Godcast number 1,023. We've hit the 1,023 milestone. Hard to believe. Hello, everybody. I am God, joined as always by my second, you know what? By my first banana, Joan what? of Arc. Wait, uh, seriously? Am I first? Well, I guess because there's no, that's you right. wouldn't be a banana. Because I realized I'm not a first banana. I'm not a banana. I'm right. the Lord Almighty. So you can be first <laughs> banana, no problem. Oh my problem. gosh, thank you so much. I'm going to have to get my business cards changed. But that's cool. Sure, sure. Looking forward to our guest coming up later. Exciting guest this week, Stalin. Uh Here's a little story that indicates how old I am, which is eternal. I was thinking about the movie Gaslight, which uh, is the source of the phrase gaslighting. You know, it comes from the movie Gaslight, made in the mid-40s. And one of the stars of that movie was a very young Angela Lansbury. Very young. And she was, I think, 19 years old. And she's got on to an incredible career. And I was wondering to myself, is she still alive or did she pass away? Now, I'm God. So you would think that I would know these things. But as I've mentioned on previous shows, I only give myself information on a need-to-know basis because I like to be surprised. And I don't need to know whether she's alive or dead. So at the moment, I don't know. Wait, so you... What? I, I find that very hard to believe. I didn't know. So I checked Wikipedia, which I occasionally do. You love that site. I don't need to check Wikipedia, but I do find it convenient, and it's, I like the fact that it's a little, little less killy than me. And apparently Angela Lansbury is alive and well. She's 95 years old, so that's the answer. Angela yeah, I knew is, she was is, alive, because she made some really weird, controversial statements this year. She did? Mm-hmm. About what? She made some, like, real weird, controversial comments about sexual harassment recently, but... Uh, was, I mean, she for, was, she, was she for or against? She just wasn't enough against, I, I guess, was the issue. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, but she's old. Yeah, she's, she's very old. And the point is, it's just, it's funny. I have to find it funny in a kind of self-deprecatory way that I don't know myself whether these people are alive and walking among you or dead and walking among me. Well, I have happened recently because I knew that one of the women from Gilligan's Island had passed away, but I couldn't remember which one. I don't, mean, I wait, knew... uh, don't tell me. Okay, okay. Is it Ginger or Marianne? I know it's Ginger and Marianne. I know the names of the women. But not like... Mrs. Howell. I wasn't talking about Mrs. Howell. I can picture Ginger being six feet under, but I can also imagine Marianne kicking the bucket. I'm going to say Ginger. I'm going to say Ginger is no longer with you. Wrong! The answer is Dawn Wells. Marianne has passed away. What do you know? Dawn Wells is dead. Yeah. What do you know? know? It made me sad, but it made me happy to do like the game show voice. No, yeah, no. It's it's. This is a fun game show. Do you want to do another one? Okay, okay. Uh, Okay. All right. Here's one. Harry Belafonte, dead or alive? I'm gonna guess that Harry Belafonte is. You are wrong! Oh, man. Sorry, he's still alive. Still alive. You want another one? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, Olympia Dukakis. Don't know who that is. 
Yes, you, yes, you do. She's a very famous actress. She was in a Moonstruck. Oh, yeah, the the uh, the matriarch in yeah, Moonstruck or whatever. Yeah, Mr. Holland's Opus, Mighty Aphrodite. Yeah, she's been in a ton of movies. Yeah, see, I don't like her because she's named for the mount where the Greek gods live, so that makes me not want to okay. like her. Okay, dead or alive? Uh, let's say she's Olympia dead caucus. Is that right? That is correct. All right, very good, very okay, good. Okay, uh, let's see, uh, Sean Connery, dead or alive? Oh, I know this one. He's dead. He is dead, and he is not walking around the streets of Double O Heaven. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. He is someplace else entirely. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, uh, one last one, one last one. Uh, just one last one, and then I, I, we should okay. move on. Bill Shatner, dead or alive? Bill Shatner is very much alive. That is correct. Yeah, I know that yeah. because I, I keep him alive just to be annoying to people yeah, and just to kind of just put him. kind a, of the worst. Yeah, yeah, and I just kind of need him as an evil counterbalance to George Takei. You know, yeah. I just I need him. Who is the best. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Okay, let's, I think this is probably a very morbid conversation for our audience. So let's, yeah. let's drop the celebrity deaths and let's go to the next segment, Prayer of the Week. Prayer of the Week. A reminder, I only answer one prayer a week. That's in general throughout the whole universe. And your prayer could be that one, but only if you leave a message with us on SpeakPipe. You can link to that at the top of my Twitter page, at the Tweet of God. Exactly. It's not like it's one prayer on the podcast that you answer. I mean, you answer one prayer from anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I answer. That's down for, I used to answer three. For most of, uh, like, the B.C. period and then through about uh, the Renaissance. Then I, I brought it down to two from the Renaissance to about the Industrial Revolution. And then it's been at one ever since then. Yeah. Well, um, I, have a, I think I have a good one this week. Um, this week, our audio prayer comes to us from someone named Christy. Let's roll it. God, can you please smite Mitch McConnell? <laughs> another, another celebrity death uh, topic, I guess. Yeah, I I didn't know we were going to have a theme this week, but I guess we do. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Uh, Can I smite Mitch McConnell? Listen, I totally get it. I totally get people wanting Mitch McConnell dead. He is a miserable, scumbag, bastard, perverting the course of American democracy. Mm -hmm. And I have thought about killing he's a he's a yeah he's a, uh, to me he's more of a of a motherfucking bastard but i like meaty that's even better i like yeah. meaty it's really good joe thanks i have tried to kill him in the past here's the thing with mitch mcconnell he negotiates his way out of it i don't know how he does it he i about to kill him he starts talking with me next thing i know not only am i not killing him but he controls the senate it's the weirdest thing. He he has he just he pivots me. He triangulates. He he tit for tats. He's got he's got skills. He's like and the devil incarnate. <laughs> he's the devil incarnate, and he's the devil incarnate is very skilled. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and he's, he's just really good. He is going to die because all human beings die. And while he is the devil incarnate, he is also a human being, and and he will die. But. I can't tell you when he's going to die, Christy, because like I said, he's just a slippery eel. He just, you know, I, I go there, I send 
death with the with the scythe to reap him in, and he goes, "Oh, let's just wait a minute and uh, see if we can see if we can work this out. Try, try, try to work this out a little bit." And then and then we just go into this whole thing where, like, you know, if you if you let me live five more years, I, I might be able to grant you a, a, a amnesty on a certain uh, immigration vote. And it just it just goes on and on. And he wins, wins every time. It's huh. the damnedest thing. Sorry, Christy. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I guess you, I'm going to live for a long, long time, Christy. <laughs> That's a really good impression, my lord. It's not an impression. That's actually him. I get to, I'm using his larynx Are you right just now. channeling him? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm using his larynx and his epiglottis, and that's how I, they're not impressions. They're actual voice thefts. You understand? Well, now I do, yeah. So, again, Christy, sorry, I, I will not kill Mitch McConnell, but he may die anyway, and wouldn't that be great? And that's Prayer of the Week. Prayer of the Week! Coming up next, my interview with one heck of a guy, Joseph Stalin. It's been said that my guest today determined the course of the 20th century more than any other man. He modernized and industrialized Russia and turned it into one of the world's two great superpowers. And to top it all off, he's a super guy. I'm joined today by Yoseb Besarianos de Jugashvili, better known by his stage name, Joseph Stalin. Is that how it's pronounced? That's yeah. how it's pronounced, huh? Well, it's you're, you should know. You're Georgian. I always fuck it up. I, I can never get it. The vowels just intersect with the consonants, and I really never get it. I like Joe. I like uh, uh, um, General. There's so many things I like, but Joe is good. Yeah, I'm surprised because you are Georgian. Georgian, of course, was one of the Soviet Socialist Republics eventually, but it's not a Russian republic. It's not Russia. And you yourself have a hard time pronouncing Georgian, huh? Georgian. Georgian. Yes. Actually, yeah. You know, we had soul down there. We had chutzpah. We had a little bit of energy and brio that we brought to the world. So that's what Georgia was all about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and God bless, uh, uh, what's his name? Ray. Uh, oh, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. You know, he's he was one of us. It's great to have you. You look good. You still got that walrus mustache that I love so much. Yeah. It's a great look for you. It catches food for the next morning. It's great. Yeah, 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 of course. Especially during the famine. So tough to get famine. I said, yeah, don't worry. Just do some agriculture on my, on my mustache. You are such a, a fascinating figure, such a, such a great man, such an important person in the 20th century. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about your reputation, because to some people, you, along with Hitler and Mao, are seen as the three great bastards. Oh, please, you flatter me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, you got to keep the folk in line. You try to appeal to them, and uh, they, they just don't live. They're like teenagers. Yeah. You know, they, they, they run around doing whatever they want. You just say, watch out, I got a gulag for you. You be careful, or I will send you to the gulag. Right, yeah, yeah the gulag's not a fun place. Uh, not fun places. You had the benefit of having a, a huge area of land to build lots of gulags, the gulag archipelago, as Solzhenitsyn called it. What was a typical day like in a, in a gulag? Was it like summer camp? That's what I like to think. I think it's like summer camp, but in winter. It's very cold. 
You didn't like your tent. Everybody complained about a sleeping bag or they got to share sleeping bags. But it was. You wake up uh, 4, 4.35. Sometimes you got pools. Sometimes you got nothing because there were famines going on. You see, what I wanted to do was I wanted to change the world and make it industrial, which I was successful at. We have the Russia today because we had industry. And everybody wants a farm. Everybody has the little squatter's acre or something, you know, 40 acres and a mule. And I say, stop it with that. I say, let's make a factory. And uh, all right, uh, people starve, but for the good of the country. Look, Russia would not be the Russia it is today if we didn't have all of those factories back then. But uh, some people died because of the famine. And they went to the gulag, they worked, they built, and then they slept uh, for a couple of hours, and then they built some more. And that's what the the gulag was like. Let me ask, why not just kill these people? Why send them to Siberia where they might die when you clearly just want them dead? Because I think slow death is much more attractive. Ah, I enjoy enjoy a slow death. Yeah. Uh, The suffering, I would laugh. I hear reports. Never went and visited because uh, my boots, the boots that I had out in the the hinterlands, they just were not as protective as I wanted to be. They were fine for a Moscow street, but they were not good out in the field. So I heard about them. I heard the suffering. I could only imagine the whales. Uh, I could see the tears just freezing on their cheeks as uh, as they sat in their tents and their little hovels. Don't you agree? I mean, I, you, you, you've let people suffer, haven't you? You've oh, let people suffer. That's my middle name. Right. Am I right? That suffering. Oh, my gosh. So that makes the guy. And why do they suffer? So it makes the good times that much better. And the good times don't have to be so great. You know what? I've been a ray of sunshine, uh, uh, 42 degree heat. Yeah. They, they, they revel in it. They love it. You know? They love it. That makes sense to me. That makes total sense. Thank to me. you very much. Thank you. Uh, I get it. And people, I'm glad people are getting a chance to hear your actual voice because you clearly. I mean, I'm a pussycat. Absolutely. I'm a, take a look at my adorable message. Yeah. Who's that guy in the, uh, oh, he was secretary of state. Bolton. John Bolton, sure. John Bolton. What a horror that man is. But you look at him. He's just grandpa. Because of the mustache. He's grandpa, that guy. Absolutely. He's lovely, as am I. You know, this is very funny. I wanted to be an actor. I was a poet. Did you know that? I did know that. You were a poet. You were published. I wrote wrote poetry. I started out with limericks. Mm. And then I went to haiku. And then pretty much I just went to sort of, uh, how was it pronounced? Elegiac? Elegiac. Elegiac. That's why I never put that in a poem, because I could never spell it correctly. Uh, But uh, that's the kind of poems I ended up writing. And that's how how I looked at the the Russian lands. Uh, Elegiac. And uh, that's the kind of guy I am. And as a youth, you also, that's when you first, heard about communism and Marxism and really became a diehard Marxist from the age of 15. Yeah. Well, I thought that the proletariat should have its way. I mean, that's the people. And, uh, you know, it's people like that uh, who are living today, who are who are, are supporting Trump and uh, 
they're the proletariats. They're stupid farmers who go out and just attack, attack, attack. And that's what we did. Russian revolutions. All right, some of them were starving, but you understand where I'm coming from. I do. I, I understand. So while I have you here, what did you think of the Trump administration for the last four years? Was that something that you looked at and you thought, oh, he's doing what I did? He tried. Yeah. God knows he tried. Yeah, I you do know, know he it's tried. funny. Um, I heard that, jo- that uh, uh, Joseph Biden, when he was vice president, mm-hmm. he went and he visited Putin and had a meeting. And after a while, he said to Putin, have you no heart? And Putin looked at him and said, finally, you understand. And I think that Trump is trying to be a little like Putin. He just doesn't have it within him. He's just not there. But uh, God bless him for trying. That's, uh, you know, he's, he, he's an idiot. The man's an idiot. But if he were any smarter... He'd be Joseph Stalin. Let's talk a little bit about a subject I know it's near and dear to your heart, and that is torture. Oh, stop it. Now I'm erect. Go ahead. Keep it going. Okay, Boom. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you still got it, man. Uh, you tortured so many people during yeah, the 1930s, yeah. during the purges, before uh-huh. World War II. So right. many different methods. What was your favorite and also your least favorite method of torture? Well, first of all, I got to tell you, I love the torture. But you know what the secret is? Coming up with different ways. That's what makes it fun. Mm. You know, it's like um, Hitchcock used to do movies. And before he even started shooting, it was it was putting it all together. Once he started shooting, it was boring. Thinking up different ways. Um, you know, Mao. Mao used to put toothpicks under the thumb. Bamboo. Under all the things, I didn't think of that. Who could think of that? I just had irons and, you know, you have clasps, uh, which is fun. But then th- then the blood freezes when, when it's cold. Uh, uh, I loved, um, you know what's wonderful? Huh? We never did it either. Waterboarding. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? But as we would try and do it, the water would freeze, and it just never worked. Uh, but I think waterboarding sounds a lot of fun. Pouring the water in their face, thinking that they're not going to breathe, thinking where are they? You know, it's, that that's a lot of fun. By the way, in your defense, there is no bamboo in Russia, so you couldn't have used that technique anyway. So don't be hard on yourself that Mao thought of it and you didn't. Oh God, God, you're just too kind. Yeah, please, please don't give me any slack. You either do it right or you don't do it at all. Okay, if they scream, you're doing it right. If they bleed slowly. You're doing it right. But you don't want to kill them. That's the important thing. You don't want to give the satisfaction of killing them. You want to give them the satisfaction of wanting to die. That's the key. Yes. And just to be clear, let's say this again. This was all done for the greater good. This was all done for the greater good of Russia, was it not? Or was it just something you did for fun? Well, now you, <laughs> now you got... Okay, So, so what is there? There's... There's appealing to the proletariat, getting rid of the ruling class. That's our ultimate goal. But me, you know, there's there's fun and games to be had in life. And I went from, Jesus, was it the the late 20s? I can't believe I was there for about 32, 
35 years, and you kind of make it interesting. That's the whole key. If you want to, if you want to stay in power, you got to change it up a little bit. Uh, I, so was I doing it for the greater good? I'd like to think I was, but sometimes I get a little selfish. Sometimes I want to hear the moans. Sometimes I want to hear the screams. Sometimes I want to hear the no, 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 not my family. And that just it makes me giggle. I totally get that. I totally get that. I, I've I've done a lot of the same thing myself over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just something I enjoy, uh, you know, the suffering. You know what I couldn't imagine? I can, I can speak to that, my lord. Go ahead. Um, I, I think what you did to me at 19, burning me on the cross, is, is pretty similar to what Mr. Stalin did throughout history. So, so you, two have, you two have a lot in common. It would be comrade. Stalin, Joan, but your point is well taken. How long How long did it take you to burn until you just couldn't feel anything anymore? She's still burning. I'm permanently a fire. She's permanently a fire. Does yeah. it hurt still? Oh, yeah, but I wear oh. the full armor <laughs> so I don't feel it as much. God thinks it's hilarious. I, I think I, I get giggles when I think about it. Exactly. This is why I wanted you in the studio here, because you and I have so much in common. I feel like a kindred spirit with you. Yeah, you two carry on. We never used fire. Isn't that interesting? Never, never uh, 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 tortured with fire, and I don't know why. Mm. Uh, Maybe because others would find comfort in gathering around the fire in the snow. Uh, maybe it was hard to light the fire because it was always so wet. But uh, I applaud you and your methods. It's just something we didn't enter into. I, I, I like to be hands-on. I don't want to leave it up to the, uh, to, to the whims of wood. I like to, uh, you know, I, I, I like vices, you know, head, heads, hands, feet in a vice. That's what I like. Torture. Torture. That's the word. That's uh, my favorite book by Herman Wauk is... The Whims of Wood. Uh, have you ever read that? It's terrific, terrific book. <laughs> the Whims uh, of Wood. Yeah, The Whims of Wood. It, it's, right. it's a sweeping epic. Uh, I love that. I love that book. Lenin, you you rose to power sort of because you and Lenin were close. What are your memories of Lenin? Lenin actually thought I was an idiot. Uh, but I loved him. He was a good guy. Uh, towards the end of his life, he got a little weak in the head, but he's a good guy. I certainly liked the guy and what he thought. He liked my writings. So we always got along. His wife, what a cunt. I'm sorry to say it. And I'm sorry to say it uh, in front of you, but I, I did. And she just would not have me. Lenin uh, took offense to it, defended his wife. But, uh, you know, we got along because we had to get along. A Molotov. Well, talk about fire. I mean, that man, what a genius. What a genius with a bottle of vodka. Right, the cocktails he made, fantastic, right. Wonderful, wonderful. All he needed was a cocktail napkin and boom, everything went up. But Lenin and I, uh, we got along. Molotov liked me more. Can I tell you who I hated? Sure. Trotsky. Right. Oh, my God. I went, uh, hold, hold on. Um, am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Trotsky. When there's little glasses, every time I saw him, I just want to go, just break his little glasses and that little beard. Want to pull that little beard. I'm, 
I, he died. Uh, he, he wasn't in the country when he died. He died in a garden. Uh, I had heard about it. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I give it my blessing, but I had nothing really to do with it. I'm glad he died. I didn't like Trotsky. Didn't like him at all. You know, if you weren't involved in Trotsky's death, it's fine at this point to admit it. You were involved in the deaths of millions of people. I don't see why you have to be shy about that one. You said all two right, guys. Okay. All right. I, yes, I, I, Trotsky was beloved. He was exiled. And yes, I, I put the hammer down, uh, but we did it slowly. Yeah. You know, we got there and then boom, with the poison, a uh, cup of tea and he was out. So was it a slow death or a quick death? Uh, it, was, it was quick. We yeah. had to get in. We had to get out. We had to get him. We had to, we had to kill him. And uh, you know what I would have liked to have done now that I'm thinking about it? Sure. Taken out his beard hair by hair and then poison him. I know what that's like to have something happen. And then afterwards you think, oh, if only I had tortured him that way. It's the drive home. You always think, yeah, it's, oh, it's always the I drive home. A, yeah. yeah, I could have had a B8. Right. Yeah, you think, exactly. You slap, exactly. Slap your forehead and go, oh, what could have been. Yeah, But uh, maybe another time. One of the things I admire about you and where I feel, again, like you and I are kindred spirits, is your utter practicality. In 1939, you signed a non-aggression pact with Hitler. You were perfectly prepared to work with Hitler and split up Poland and split up Eastern Europe. And, and you didn't care. You actually kind of admired Hitler up to the Can point. Can I tell you something? Yeah. He got me. Son of a bitch got me. He knew it. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And I fell for it. Uh, I knew that they were going to come in. I knew a lot of people were going to get killed. I didn't think he was going to come and invade. Look, invading Poland? <laughs> I got I got him. I got them, you know? And, you know, to this day, to this day, there are office buildings, government buildings that do not face uh, east because Poland knew that I had something to do with, uh, with Hitler. But uh, Hitler came in, he took over, he got me, uh, and I applauded for that. You know, he, he beat me at my own game, but uh, my, my hat's off to him. But of course, ultimately, of course, ultimately, you did win. It took about 20 million Russian deaths, but you did ultimately succeed in, well, we, in we, defeating Yeah, him. sure. Well, we, we got him eventually. That's why I'm... I'm here talking about him, and I can say, okay, he won the battle, but he didn't win the war. Uh, and we got some help from uh, um, uh, from Franklin uh, Roosevelt uh, and that whole uh, meeting in uh, in Yalta and uh, and Churchill, who uh, had great taste in liquor. God, that man could drink. And I think I think the only reason Roosevelt came was just to get away from Eleanor. I enjoyed meeting Hitler, uh, a nice nice man. Uh, we got along. Good cribbage player. So, so we really, we, we, uh, you know, we had some sandwiches, some caviar, sat around. I signed a pack, and uh, and, he, and he got me. You know, I beat him in cribbage, but uh, he beat me that day. He beat me that day. He came in. He he invaded uh, uh, Leningrad and Stalingrad and uh, uh, Leningrad, which became Stalingrad, and then. Uh, you know, he purged us, but then no, we got it back. I wanted to ask you about that. Yes, Leningrad, then it became Stalingrad. Yeah. That must be cool having a large city named after you. Is that fun? Well, I wanted an amusement park like Disneyland mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, torture. But we wouldn't torture the people. We wouldn't torture the people. We'd invite them in 
and then we would trick them. I, so Stalingrad was great. And then they, they after I died, they changed it. But then they, they, they changed it back. But having your own town, it's, it's pretty good. Coming up next, Stalin and I talk grievous widespread human rights violations and the 1994 hit comedy Clifford. We're not here to talk about my endless cruelty. We're here to talk about your endless cruelty and the fact that the Russian people, for the most part, embraced it. You were terrible to so many of them. You did so many awful things, and yet the cult of personality around you was such that when you died, there was genuine mourning on behalf of millions of people. How do you do that? God, look at the world today. You get an idiot in the White House, and people love him. They, uh, what's that phrase? They love the Kool-Aid. They drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, it's amazing what one newspaper could do. Pravda, the best, which I helped start, by the way. That's right. And it's, just, it, it's true to uh, those who speak English. That's what you want. You want the truth, even if it's a big, fat lie. This is what they know is the truth. What do you people call it? Um, fake news. It's not. It's news. It just comes in different forms. One person says, this is news. Another person says, that's news. I said, hey, you think I killed many, many people. I'm telling you, I was a pussycat. And they loved me. Right. No such thing as fake news. And by extension, no such thing as real news either. There's just that's news. That's correct. There's yes. news. It's news. You, it's how you take it. And I just pushed it down their throat. And they, uh, they took it as news. Speaking of that, you were one of the pioneers of doctoring photographs. You would have photographs of you with various aides, and then when those aides were killed, you would doctor them out of the photograph. That was a a bold step. That really inspired George Orwell and a lot of other people after that. And how did you think to do that? Well, we were on the cutting edge of CGI way back Mm. when. That's how we started. I had various uh, uh, scientists. I said... You know what? Here's how it started. I'm going to be honest. I was wearing a sweater one day, and it made me look fat. And I said, what can you do? I look out of shape. I don't look like a leader. Can you please, please do something? Who the hell wears horizontal stripes? But it was winter. I had nothing that was clean. I grabbed the first sweater I could, and I look at the picture. The hat was great, but the sweater looked like shit. And I said, what can you do? And they, they made it checkered. And I looked great. I don't know why, but it gave a brightness to my face. And with the solidity of my mustache, I, I, I looked very good. Then I took some people under my wing who I thought were good people. And eventually I said, you know what? Let's get rid of them. I said, can you do to them what you did to my sweater? I look like a stronger leader. And therefore, uh, things are great now. Let's talk about your early days before the Russian Revolution. You were a communist. You were uh, allied with Lenin. And you did a lot of work on behalf of the Communist Party, a lot of it involving things like robbing banks and holding rich kids hostage for money in order to get money for the communists. So even from a very early age, this is the first decade of the 20th century, you were kind of revealing yourself to be the man you really are. Uh, was that a fun time for you? We look back as a, like an innocent time that you really enjoyed. I did at the time. And looking back, I could have been a lot more barbarous. The kid who had his ear cut off 
Now, who would have thought that? But, you know, sending somebody in here to say, here, I got your kid. Does the gear look familiar? Uh, we never did that. We robbed banks. And that, that's fine. But people were always living when we left. We never had to shoot a clerk, never had to, to kill a customer who had their life savings in there. So that was fun. Kidnapping. And who doesn't love a good kidnapping, especially with a, uh, you know, with a spoiled kid? That's, oh, that's wonderful. They always cry. They, they try and appeal to you. My daddy's rich. He'll give you whatever you want. It's fun to see the kid cry. Instead of handing the kid back, we could have killed him. Mm. And I regret that. We never kill the kid unless, right. uh, unless they didn't pay. I still think if they pay, kill the kid. Who the hell cares? Absolutely. I'm just, it's amazing listening to you. It reinforces the idea that I've always had that if you believe in ideology, in your case, communism, with yeah. all your heart and yeah. all your soul, then anything is justified. You can do anything you want to on behalf of an abstract idea. Well, on behalf of the, of the proletariat. That's who it is. I mean, that's who we're fighting for. Although they, they you know, you're, you're correct. Well, you know what? When one person dies, it's a tragedy. When a million people die, it's a statistic. And that's how I like to look at what I've done. I, and by the way, I never killed anybody. I, would, I, I couldn't do that. You know, I'll torture them. I'll see them cry. But the others did my killing. I, I, uh, I, 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 just, I just sent out the... Uh, otherwise, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't live with myself. You know, I, I don't want to... I don't want to take somebody's life. No, I, I, mean, I, I a, get that's that. A, that's, a, that's a person. You're talking about a soul. You know, that, that's, that's what I live for. That's the proletariat, the poor guy, you know, having be, being under the thumb, the working class being under the thumb of the ruling class. That, that, that gets me. That poor guy. But the people, that's who I, that, that, that's what I'm, I'm striving for. Right. So on behalf of the proletariat, it's completely justified to, murder, to, to, to murder many of the proletariat. But absolutely. And to make, and for the good of the country and the good of the people. Absolutely. That's why you have industry. That's why Russia is the way it is today. You gotta sacrifice in order for, for the sake of the people. You gotta kill a couple million for the good of the people. And the way to determine what is good for the country is to have one person do it. And that's you. Well, one person can get the command. Jesus, you need an army. Look, it takes an army to, you to make a village. It takes an army to destroy a village. Well, that too. But yes, in order, you know what? Okay, you're very good because uh, at Clinton, who I do not like, uh, she said one person it takes a uh, it takes a it, village to raise a child to raise a child, uh, but uh, you got to purge a village to make a country. I would say it takes an army to raise a village. R a z e, raise as in destroy. I think that's wonderful, and that's why you're God. See, that's why I, that's why I'm God. That's why I'm God. And yes. it's, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get personal about me for a second. I think I'm very impressive. I think I'm I, I, incredible, and belief in me has gotten lower and lower over the years. In fact, I do have a bone to pick with you because you promoted atheism very I, hard. I don't like it. 
I don't like it. I was raised in the church. No, sir. No, sir. Get rid of it. Hey, I'm God. You understand me? I am the supreme leader. I am the head of the state, the head of the country, the head of your world. I, I agree with you. I do not like God in, in life. Otherwise, they will find comfort elsewhere. And can I tell you something? Still, more than 50% of the people believe in God. And I say, get him out of there. Get him to the gulag. Not a fan of religion, whatever. Uh, uh, organized religion. Uh, uh, Russian Catholicism. It's, it's not for me. It leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And they're looking elsewhere for comfort. Uh, you find comfort within the state. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm more or less the same way. I'm more spiritual than religious. I, I understand that. Uh, still, spirituality gives you comfort. I wanted no spirituality. I wanted them to believe in the state, to believe in me. I am the state. The state is me. And that's all you need to believe. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. Comrade Stalin, may, may I call you comrade? Is that okay? Sure, why not? We're friends. Comrade Stalin, looking back on your long career, what moment, if any, gave you unmitigated joy? Well, it's not a moment per se. It lasted years and years. I think the famines were pretty great. I like industry. I, I'm, I, I'm a forward-thinking person. Machines were becoming the thing. It started in England, the Industrial Revolution. I thought we had to catch up and get rid of the farms. Let's, you know, let's come into the 20th century, for God's sake. And I think the only way to have done that is to get the people away from their little agrarian acre and build a factory and people starving. I, I think that's the best thing I ever did. And, and starving, like I said, I'm a slow torture type of guy. Famine. Think of think of going for 210 hardy pounds working out there in the field to uh, 138 pounds of of trying to sip uh, just a shot of vodka and eat some corn. For dear God, let me eat a little something, some grass, and I, and then just slowly dying off at around 90 pounds. The whole family gathered together in little uh, in their little kiosk. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm welling up a little bit. Forgive me. That's okay. That's okay. Right. Uh, Joe, can you get him a, a tissue? On it, my lord. Thanks. Um, and then, speaking of starvation... Jesus, the fucking thing is half burnt! Uh, can I have a clean... Uh, here, I got one. I got one. You got, you got your own... I, I got it. I got a blanket. I know. Here, it's just... It's an... I, I, I can see that look in your eyes, comrade. I would ask you not to torture and murder Joan. We do need her here for the show. She is the co-host of my and second I do, banana. I owe you an apology, Mr. Stalin. Go ahead. Um, I, I had grouped you together uh, with, uh, pardon my French, real like asshole monsters like um, the Kim Jongs and the Fidel Castros and Saddam Hussein's and, um, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I, you are, like you said, a pussycat. And I don't always like what you say, but I really like how you say it. So I, well, I you're, apologize. You're, you're very kind. Like I said, you used to be an actor. Oh, I saw you in Clifford. That's right. I want to ask you about that, Comrade Stalin. You had one acting role that you, you veered off from being the autocrat of Russia and had one acting role. You played Martin Short's father 
in the movie Clifford. Now, how did you get that role, Comrade Stalin? And what was that experience like working with Martin Short and the late great Charles Grodin? Well, Marty saw me at the uh, Second City, uh, the one in uh, Vladivostok. Uh, that we, you know, we had a, uh, a company out there. We were touring, and they thought it was funny, and yet cruel. And those are two very, very unusual contradictions to be funny and yet very cruel, uh, which is what I pride myself on, because I always do it with a smile. Like you said, Joe, you, you got to be uh, you got to be a pussy. It's in the delivery. Thank you very much. Yes, that one. I want him dead. And uh, and they would follow because I, I would often say please. In fact, so and Marty thought it was very funny. Chuck Roden and I had no no scenes. But uh, Chuck, who could be very, very funny, in much the same way that I like to think I am, very cruel and yet funny at the same time, which is what his charm was as well. So you just dropped a little something that I don't think most people know. You were in the touring company in Russia of the Second City while you were serving as the leader of Russia. Now, I would imagine you were yes-anded a lot because you, you are the guy, and you're in a troop of ostensibly equals doing improv, but you're Stalin, and they're not. So what is that like in terms of the performance when you, you get night after night? Well, it's wonderful because you're saying, I would like that village burned, and they go, yes, and how about the neighboring village? I go, what the hell? It's a yes and. That's what's good about being Stalin. That's what's good about being a, a company player. Uh, is is the army? They knew they had to play along, as did my fellow castmates. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you about, Joe. Tell the audience because I love this about you about Order Two Twenty Seven. Well, that's uh, that makes me uh, very that makes me swell with pride because panic makers, cowards, they should be shot, uh, and they should be shot by their own men. So I gave permission to our soldiers to shoot any cowards, which is, uh, I, I thought that was great. It's Bobby Knight throwing a chair. You know, that's George Patton hitting some soldier on the head with his helmet. Joe Stalin, thank you so much for stopping by the Godcast. Is there anything you wanted to promote? Is there a new purge? You, I know you're dead, but is there a new purge, a new torture method, anything you want to plug? You know, I, I, I get out there, I do so much. I do little things. You know, I take I, I, now I'm, I, I, I got tired in my old age and uh, I just like to do uh, do little things. I got nothing really to plug. Uh, I, I did a movie about aliens uh, recently and I did a movie where I did play a gangster, uh, which harkened back to uh, to what I used to be. But I do I do little stuff. That's that's what I do. Do you golf? Do you like to play golf? Oh, I love it. Yes, I, I, I do. And you know what's fun? Hmm? Having the caddy up ahead and taking a swing with the ball towards the caddy just to see if you can get him. Now, that's golf. That's, that's really, uh, uh, you know, that's really taking aim. Why go for a flag? Why not, why not really make it count? Joe, you're the best. Joseph Stalin, everybody. Uh, you're very nice. Thank you, Doc. That's our show, and that was my interview with Joseph Stalin, and I want him back. I love that guy. He gets me. I get him. We are simpatico. Yeah, you should do, like, a buddy comedy together. 
Yes. Yeah. Just anything. I want to hang out with him more. He was, we've had a lot of dictators on oh, this show. so many. And he was the nicest one by far. Uh, the nice, nicer mm-hmm. than Hitler. Way better than Castro. Yeah. Oof. Better than Mao. Better than mm-hmm. Genghis Khan. Uh, he was, I mean, well, then Saddam, Hussein, Saddam Hussein was the worst guest we ever had. No, no. The worst guest? Steven Seagal. Right. 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 Ugh. You're right. He was awful. If you like Godcast, don't forget to perform the Holy Trinity. Subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week. Godcast is a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Alex Ramsey, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and David Jabberbaum. Original music by Gabe Lopez. Joan of Arc appears courtesy of Tara Sands. For more original podcasts, visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus content from this show and others, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And if you haven't already, remember to follow God on Twitter at the Tweet of God. Forever! <laughs> <laughs>